you don't have enough of a body you don't have enough you don't have enough money nice. you don't have there's a whole lot of things yeah. in, in the neighborhood that you're not enough of you know mm -hmm. and, and it was very you know i found it very mind-boggling to you know belong to a group of people that you know are regularly oppressed but then you find yourself like in the room with the oppressor with you Welcome, everybody, to the Authentic Self Show on the Nachos Cafe podcast, where you will hear more than one perspective on facing the world authentically. What's up, everybody, and welcome to our first official Authentic Self episode. Have you ever asked yourself, am I enough for my community? Am I black enough, Mexican enough, masculine enough, gay enough, etc.? Well, for today's episode, you will hear the personal perspectives and experiences from Amari, Hector, special guest Eric, and myself on the topic of not enough for my community. Hope you enjoy. Um, say hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. Hello, everyone. So I won't go into detail like, so how you know yourself and everything. I won't do all that. Don't worry about it. So <laughs> What is the first thing you think about when you hear not enough for my community? And I'll go first, just so I can start a little example. Um, that can mean a variety of things. I don't want us to think that it's just uh, the gay community because I know all of us are part of the community, but I don't want it to always focus on that because that could also mean cultural background. It could also mean um, stereotypes. It could be in the career, it could be where you are in the apartment complex. I mean, it could be whatever community community that you see yourself in, that is that. Now, for me personally, um, I have struggled with both my cultural background, which is black, and also my gay community. Where in the gay community, as we're all used to, where they're always talking about feminine and masculine. You know, that was the biggest pronouns of everything. I think those pronouns. I don't know, because let's not even go there. But <laughs> <laughs> next episode. <laughs> but um, it's just, you know, where you got the masculine and feminine, femininity. I never had a father figure. So I don't, you know, I am me. That's all I know. I can't, like, sometimes I'm masculine because when it goes down, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll suck somebody in the face if I got to. Like, I'm very protective. I'm very territory around my people. I love my people and I'm protective. So I guess that's the father, the mother, whatever you want to call it. And the feminine, like, I, I'm not scared of my emotions, you know. And then being as part of the Black community, um, I've been discriminated in the past where it's always like, you think you're better than. And I'm like, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I'm just being better than what I was yesterday. All I thrive is to be better than who I was not better than anybody out here. I don't care about all that. I don't even care what about you. No, my life is my life, you know, and my struggles, you know, we don't need to share that. We can talk about it, but I don't, we don't need to, <laughs> we try to come at me like that. But um, I know I'm not the only one. So um, going around the room and whoever wants to go first, what, um, what have you actually been through when it comes to like not being enough in your community and what community is that? And what was the experience? I could go first. Um, I think to me, I, I've realized that not feeling enough has shown up in different areas of my life, uh, throughout my life, right? Um, it showed up when I was young um, and I had to show up a certain way to make sure that 
I was the poster child in my family, not just in my family, but also in my religious background, right? Like there was so many expectations that my parents had for me to be that poster child that I, I constantly felt like I wasn't enough. I, I wasn't able to be a child because I had to I had to prepare talks for for you know to give in church. I was a five year old getting doing public speaking, um, you know. So there, there's been different aspects of my life in which I haven't felt enough. Like I, I always felt like I had to. I always felt like I had to be the best, which is not necessarily a bad thing, um, but it could also hinder you and stop you from growing and evolving because you're so caught up on being perfect and being enough that you don't realize how enough you are. So when I think about it, it's shown up in different situations throughout my life. However, there's been different ways of overcoming that. And I feel that as I've matured into my, maturing into my forties, I know how to deal with that a lot more. And I feel like I'm at a space in my life right now when I, that I know that I am more than enough. And there's going to be moments in life where I feel like, I don't feel like I'm enough right now. Yet I'm hoping that I've gained enough wisdom that when that moment does show up, it's like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Because that's not okay for who I am. Um, so that's like a little piece of it, right? I experienced not feeling enough after I came out, you know, a few years later when I realized that what I thought of the gay community wasn't what it really was. Like my ex, I had expectations. Okay, I'm gonna be safe here. I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna do this. But then I realized that even then I was not enough. I was put in boxes, right? Box, box, box after box. So. Again, it's been something that I've had to overcome throughout my journey and, and really tap into that power of I am enough. I am more than enough. This is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. You're either on that ship with me or you can take a dive to the ocean. It's okay. You know, like namaste, namaste, go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Actually, um, I like that. <laughs> did you notice how many people you lost when you realized that? I feel that instead of losing people, I let go of the right people. I let go of the right people and I have given my love, my attention, my energy to those that deserve that, to those that there's an exchange of love, there's an exchange of energy, there is a giving and there is a receiving on both ends and it's nurturing and fulfilling for all parties involved. And now at this point in my life that's what i look for you know what i mean it's like okay how can i give how can i also receive because a lot of times we're so ashamed of receiving because we think that's oh we're taking no there's an energy exchange here you cannot give what you don't have and you can't receive what you're not giving out i like that i like that a lot yeah does, does it make sense no that makes yeah. a lot of sense because it's funny you say that because it's sometimes it's hard for me to receive if that makes sense like i just do to you know i do it because i love doing it you know and i, I just like i don't i don't need anything in back and and so it's even receiving help sometimes is very very hard for me you know just because like you know so i gotta practice that 
and sometimes like it's like it's important to remind people as well right like hey i'm a human being and i'm going through something and it doesn't mean that i don't love you right now but i'm losing my shit and guess what hold space for me i love you thank you (laughs) (laughs) that takes a lot just to get there you know that's it comes with like knowing you uh recognizing um when you're going through stuff it's a it's a it's a hard journey to just get there to be accountable and to recognize that like i'm going through that moment and you know what to do you know because a lot of us does not it's like you know and we probably can recognize it quicker than they do because we recognize those signs and they are almost similar to our struggles and it's like i'm not gonna say i know what you're going through but just take a moment just take a moment. What, how, how'd you know? I just understand. <laughs> you know, because yeah. there's similarities in a lot of the experiences that we go through, right? So, like, I could be having, I could be going through a challenge, but if, if I hold on to it, which I have many times, because for me, it's. I think over probably the last two or three years, it's been easier for me to embrace receiving because I've always been give, give, give mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I, it felt good. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I'm like, it's like a car without fuel. It's not yeah, running. It's boring. I have no life force. I have no energy. I have like, I feel drained. And I was like, why? Because again, I was giving not necessarily to the wrong individuals, but to the individuals that don't appreciate Right. So there's not, you know, there's not an exchange there. Right. So I feel okay with the fact that I love some of these people. However, in that moment, in that situation, we are worthless for each other. Mm-hmm. There is no point in holding on to something that can be loved from far away. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you still love them. Yeah. Still care about people. Just, we had our moment. Our moment might come back. You're on your journey. And in, in that, you have to respect yourself. You have to look at yourself and say, okay, I need love. I need help. And it's okay. That's it. It's okay. okay. <laughs> you got to know that. It's okay. Yeah. So anybody else want to weigh in? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I certainly can feel a lot of what uh, was just shared um, here you know, to some degree. I mean, I think just like, um, a lot of people, a lot of people, I'm also black and I'm also gay, right? So, you know, I went through my own growing um, of not being, you know, black enough, particularly in college, particularly in high school um, and early adulthood, you know, where, where I received my education and you spoke a certain way and you didn't like, <laughs> right? certain, you didn't like a certain music. You didn't always follow, you know, the particular, you know, a particular crowd. So, you know, so that was, that was one of my first challenges. I mean, it was hard enough being 18, 19 years old trying to come out like I was trying to be strong enough to come out on my own front at that age in 1996 right <laughs> <laughs> no one's counting <laughs> yeah no, but yeah but trying to be strong enough to come out on my own front you know on that front and then while at the same time being judged for all of the things I'm not as a black man right um you know and, and then the same thing just in, in other areas of my life too I mean even before that you know it starts in school you're not athletic enough you're not cool uh, enough you don't have enough money right. um and then once i became gay and you know be, you know was fully accepting myself the biggest thing w- was very you know it's kind of a similar thing where it was it was the same thing you don't have enough of a body you don't have enough you don't have enough money right. you don't have 
there's a whole lot of things yeah. in, in the neighborhood that you're not enough of, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was very, you know, I found it very mind boggling to, you know, belong to a group of people that, you know, are regularly oppressed, but then you find yourself like in the room with the oppressor with you. So <laughs> yes, I just find it very interesting, you know, yes. that that's life and that, that becomes your struggle. That becomes what you're up against. And it, and unfortunately for, for some of us, it takes us, years if not decades to overcome some of that right that is so true definitely agree because i still feel like i'm still in the process of overcoming a lot of that just because like being black and being gay and being trans and like falling into all these different categories and communities it's for me i feel like it attacks me in different ways like i may not be black enough in one particular community but i may not be gay enough or lesbian enough in another particular community so I feel like it it attacks me in different ways and it honestly for me like one thing I love about my job is I'm in a space where none of that matters like how well I can perform is the only thing that I'm judged by and it really catches me off guard sometimes just because it's it's really rare for me as a trans woman of color to see myself in a space where I am considered completely equal or considered good enough to to be accepted to the standard of what we just consider to be human. And so when I'm there, a lot of times I catch myself at work and it's like, dang, I feel like I'm underperforming or I'm, I'm not even like now I'm not good enough for this space just because it's like, nothing else matters but how well I can do my job and I feel like when I make mistakes or I have to second guess myself I'm not doing to like my full extent but mm-hmm. then I realize like I I'm, I am good at what I do I, I put a lot of passion into my work and it, it shows because of the recognition that I've been getting in a short amount of time but yeah that, that's just my little two cents when it comes to like feeling not enough for me it's it, it feels like it's, it's almost easier to navigate through the world when that's a part of my normal mindset just because I know it's like having like how you said Eric having the oppressor in the room like I I know what I'm going up against in the space that I'm occupying like no matter what it is I know how I'm attacking this not good enough for this particular space for this particular group of people and to not have that be an obstacle in the room I feel like my mind is so wired to that that I almost try to search it out like like what is going on like it has to be here somewhere like where is where is that factor at so it, it's something that I feel like I'm still trying to overcome because it is kind of like a hard wiring and so it, it, it's hard to flip that switch yeah I mean I feel that you know entirely because I mean I think to your point feeling the oppressor in the room I mean I think we do become wired to that right we have this expectation I'm going to walk into you know X bar down the, down the street on the corner, I'm going to walk in and there's already this set of expectations on me that I know I'm not going to meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it puts you in this mindset already. You walk in with a different energy that you might have, you know, might, might have had otherwise if you just allowed your, your full self to come through, right? Um, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really interesting. And, and I think part of that journey is starting to recognize, one, who you are really right mm-hmm. and two stop that voice over there that's telling shut you it up. That. i mean that's really the biggest part of the room. that's almost step one like shut the fuck up over there <laughs> once you're able to do that then guess what now you're on this new path and i think mm-hmm. that 
I think, I think a lot of us have had to go through that. I know for me, it took about 20 years um, where I kind of went from being this, you know, heteronormative, you know, mainstream kind of gay guy um, with, with hetero friends doing sporting events and, you know, all the things that, you know, the guys do um, to really discovering who I am. And then, you know, I found myself kind of walking into a leather bar one day and <laughs> I know, wait a minute, this is a lot different. And there's a whole lot of people in here that have, have said that you can feel it. And then it makes you want to get there and it starts the journey. Yeah. I, like I could I relate a lot to, to what you're saying as well, because I, I've been told that I'm like multidimensional, right? Like I have like, there's so many avenues to Hector. Um, and I usually just say, I'm like, no, it's just my multiple personalities. Um, and that's just a way of owning it, right? Like I, I, I have different characters that I play. I'm into different things. And like one thing that I've, I've been challenged with is the way I look right? Because I present a certain appearance, I either get like a flow of people that just want to be in my life, which is so unauthentic and superficial, or I get judgment on the other side and get shut down as, you know, he's not smart enough. He like, and, and, or, you know, he's not good enough, or, you know, he's, he, he does this, you know, don't talk to him. And I'm just kind of like, in a way it's helped me to really own who I am. Like I've, I remember as a kid, I was never that gay kid that got bullied. You laid a hand on me, you're going, it was plain and simple, you know? It was, you know, my, my, my superhero, like was she were princess of power because she was all about justice, you know? And like, I always had a way to defend myself and stand up for myself, which then later on, it led me to be able to stand up for others um, so I was bullied in a way since, you know, when I was young, but it wasn't, it, it didn't affect me that way. Maybe it affected me in the way that I was very good about standing up for myself. Um, but later on, I think after, I think after my, my, my last relationship, um, like long-term relationship that I was like committed to and everything, um, that's when I started realizing that I felt so disconnected with myself because I kept trying to please all the not enoughs that were coming into my life and trying to be enough and prove and prove that I am smart enough, that I'm more than just a body, that I'm more than just a look, that I'm more than just sex, that I'm more than just so many things. And finally it hit me and it was like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck you. You know, it's like, <laughs> go look at yourself, go see yourself. If you're judging me, if you are intimidated by me, then that is your issue. It is not mine because I am who I am. I remember I was going through a coaching program, personal growth program, and my, my teacher basically told us, it's like, you have to learn to own who you are, own your energy. The moment you walk into a room, that is your room. That is your presence. That's who you are. And nothing and no one can bring that light down. No one can dim your light unless you allow them to. Amen. And it's really helped me, especially over the last six years where I'm just like, all right, I feel uncomfortable because I feel I don't fit in. Well, maybe I don't. And that's a good thing, you know? And it's helped me to embrace more of who I am. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy, but it gets easier each time. 
I think that's the part of the journey is that it, it, it gets easier as you go. And then you're going to come across a new challenge and then you got to yeah. challenge that and it's going to be hard. But then if you keep that mindset, it's just, whew, you know. Up. And Hector, it's so crazy to hear just your take on it because honestly, just from being in the community and the friends that I've had and the people that I've known, I've never heard someone who didn't feed off of that type of attention. And for you to want to show that you're so much more than that, you definitely are. Like just in the conversations that we have in our little group, like I know you were just such an amazing person. And I've never heard someone who is to be on that kind of, that kind of um, pillar or statue or pedestal, not necessarily want to be in that limelight, like wanted to be more than that. It, it's it's just refreshing. Not necessarily refreshing. It, it I mean it is refreshing, but it's just it's it's unique to hear. Cause more often than not, like in our community, you don't really hear people who who don't strive for that in some way, shape or form. Yeah, especially well, looking like you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's honest, you know, it's, it's honest, like what she was saying, you know, because you see our community gentlemen who look like the physique of you, but nothing in there, nothing to share. It's all that. And, and it's so empty. Even their smile is empty. And I'm one on smiles. Like I can see a real smile versus a fake smile. And it's like, mm, you know, and, and it comes from a special place of experience, like where you just said enough is enough. And this is me, not that, this is me. And so, yes, I, I um, piggyback on that. I do appreciate that, that you, you know, open up and say that because it's, it's so true because even we can be fooled, you know? Well, you know, and I think it also opens up the opportunity for people to realize that you're more than your physical body. You're more than your appearance. It's like you, as, as I think, as I mentioned, with this vessel with, so many gifts, so many mm-hmm. talents, so much insight to share with the world around us that you're focusing just on your physical body and how your butt looks and how your abs look and all this other stuff when you actually take the time to do the inner work and, and bring those positive qualities out, you're not even concerned about how you look physically. You're, you're, you're shining from within and, mm-hmm. and we all have that. It doesn't matter how we look. It doesn't matter what our, our, our skin, our flesh, how our shell looks. It's who we are inside at the end of the day that's what we want to project out, what we want to bring out into the world, into our relationships, into our connections. Because if all we have is a pretty face to give, then what's the point? Like, be willing to go in. Um, there's, there's nothing more that bugs me the most when I hear, oh, he's just pretty or she's just pretty. I know it could be a joke sometimes and it could be kind of funny, but when someone is being serious about it, especially when it's been directed to me, I like literally, you're going to get slayed right now because I'm going to show you what I have, you know? And I, I, I do my best to do it gracefully without being so harsh. But if I have to come across harsh to get my point across and let that person know who you're dealing with, I will. I have no problem doing it. Um, no, you will. We know that's a fact. Okay. You know, 
with it. I deal with it all the time. Like even at work, you know what I mean? There's certain, there's certain people that you just tell, like, because I've been through it so much, like, I'm like, okay, this person is judging me on my appearance and there's jealousy and whatever. It's like, if you only knew how much love I have for you, that it's not based on the fact that you don't look a certain way. It's based on the fact that I see a beautiful human being in there who is dealing with some kind of shame and you're seeing me as a reflection of what you want to be, but it's, <laughs> do it. It's, it's there. <laughs> you know, something Amari said earlier, um, and it kind of fed off of what Hector was saying as well. You know, you know, typically you see a lot of folks that really feed off of that energy. You know, they look a certain way, they have a certain thing, they get all this attention and then they just grow and grow, grow and grow in their heads, right? I mean, I think it's really those people that um, have taken those steps to, you know, figure out who they are, to shut that voice up, you know, in the room, uh, to actually know like what your actual gifts are to the world. And then you start using that platform for something else. I mean, when you're a good looking person, yeah, people will listen to you, right? So then you start using that platform to actually share your gifts instead of actually feeding off of it to get yeah. more and more. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say, Hector, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a teacher, I have a beautiful teacher. She's just so beautiful. She's in, I think her seventies already and she's just beautiful. She's an, an earth angel. And I was going through a spiritual coaching program and we were, I was teamed up with another Aquarian, beautiful girl um, around my age. And we just connected. We're like, oh my God, like we're dealing with the same shame issues. And you know, she, the teacher was going around kind of like listening in and stuff. And she told us both, that is your biggest gift to the world. You got to own it. Don't be ashamed of it. Because she mentioned there's a huge piece of responsibility that you both have. Just how your flesh showed up in this, in this lifetime. And to me, I was like, wow. I'm like, thank you for that. Because it's, it's to me, it was, it's a responsibility that I own, that I love to embrace that I love to share. Um, yeah. I like the way that that, that was put. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it made me accept it. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I, I understand that too, in maybe not in body wise, but one of the things that um, I felt like in the dating scene, it was always my looks and I can't have a mouth as in like speaking, there's no words that should come out of my mouth. It's just, don't speak, you know, just, can you look that way in the picture, you know? And, and that's in like, you know, I'm more than my looks, right? I got a mind here and I like to, y'all know, I like to talk. So, you know, there's, there's a story there, you know, but it, it you, I, I grew to being also, you know, bullied in the, in, in the past. It was very hard for me to accept compliments. Um, that was, used to be one of my hardest things. And sometimes still, where someone will compliment me, but it's so hard to, they say, why can't you just say thank you? I'm, I'm already trying to find a flaw. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, and it's like, well, I like the way you're like, mm, well, you know, cause I had, can you just say thank you? You know, it's like, I'm always like, like I always can be better, but it's, I, it's hard for me to accept compliments sometimes where I don't, it's like, I almost don't want to compliment on the physical things. I want to compliment on the internal things. Like, that to me is a compliment and yeah that may be hard on myself or whatnot but it feels better because it's not the shell it's not the vessel that you're looking at you're you're seeing what the pearl is inside you know and you're like oh well 
like older people i don't know how many of you guys have seen especially these uh, a lot of older people they see you and and it's just because they've been through that life they have so much wisdom i i mean it's uh i just they're so they're beautiful people you know <laughs> I, I just love older people um because i see my grandma in them but just the fact that they can call out the inner you like they see you they don't do like oh you're strong or the but they'll be like you're just so beautiful it's just you feel it genuinely it comes from a different like you see me I'm like mm-hmm, I see you you know and it's just and I remember years ago when I lived in Arizona just working and doing my thing this lady comes up to me in her wheelchair she's all young man I was like yes hi and she's like you know God don't you I was like I do all over you it's like and I, I literally started crying you know it's like just <laughs> stuff like that where people can see because sometimes I think we're such on autopilot that we think maybe that light has dimmed out no matter what it is in us we there's an essence in us that we represent and sometimes we feel like it's dimmed out because we think because you know we always hold high expectations on ourselves our community does and so do we and so then it comes to where it's like you just need that reminder if someone's still seeing like that do you think the light's out no it's still there baby it's still there you know i feel like there's always these reminders that's given to us angels earth angels as you would say hector that come in to remind you that it's not out it's still there i can still see it even though you're getting distracted by everybody else's expectations like you said shut them up (laughs) shut them up and just look in the mirror you know look in those eyes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You, you, we have to like, I have, like I have to constantly when I go through something like that, I have to remember to to rise above the clouds because that's where the sun's at. The sun's always there. Nice the light time. is always there. And no matter how much shade <laughs> is being thrown at you, how much cloud, how much you know, like I'm above that because I know who I am. I don't have to be mean. I don't have to be rude. I just know that I'm okay and it's a cloudy day and there's shade around me and there's parts of my life that might not like really be shining, but I, we have to know inside who we are. We have to remember, we have to remind ourselves, especially in the moments when we can't see it because that's when it's more important. That's when we really got to anchor ourselves into that truth. Right. Um, forgot what I was going to say, it'll come back. <laughs> well, I have a question. I mean, on that, I mean, because I think that's a part of all of this, right? Is well, how do you find that truth? Like, how do you even know what that is? You know what I mean? Like, like Hector, like, when did when did you like, you know, what what steps did you have to take to kind of say, you know what, like, I am enough, right? But how did you figure that out? Because I think that's what a lot of people that that are probably listening to this are kind of be going through, and they'll be asking themselves, they're like, I hear all these stories, but like, what do I do to help myself see that? I had to go back. I had to go back to in steps, right? I think when I really, really realized it that there was a lot more was when I, I trained for for a, I trained for a physique show, um, and I, I kicked my butt, went to the show, I didn't place, and then I realized that I was doing it for attention and it, it kind of was like why would you do that Hector and it and it took me back to when I first started working out I, I grew up Jehovah's Witness so we weren't allowed to play sports we weren't allowed to do all this stuff be competitive so 
the counselor in school was like, he needs to go into some kind of exercise and because he needs his mind to be busy with healthy things. And it, it kind of, it, it, for a moment, it reminded me of my childhood or like my teenage years when I was like 15 going to the gym and it really was calming me. It made me feel good. It empowered me. And I realized that I had lost, lost touch with that. And then, of course, I was dealing with knee injuries, shoulder injuries, which was making it harder to actually work out. So then I kind of took on yoga. And I think to me, yoga is what really made me to dive in inside myself because yoga is about what's happening inside of you. It's about creating unity. It's about being with your spirit, being with your soul. I think I've shared this before where one of the very first spiritual yoga classes that I went to, um, I was in a child's pose, pose of surrender that's used by many um, spiritual traditions, many religions to kind of like pray or just surrender. And to me, I'm like, okay, here I am opening my hips. And then all of a sudden I'm bawling with, you know, this beautiful sound of a gong and crystal bowls and this beautiful meditative voice over here. What's going on? And the teacher came up to me and said, don't worry, you're having an emotional experience. And I think that's kind of what opened me up to, wait, there's something more here. And, and yoga, I think, really took me back to that inner awareness. And I stopped. I stopped working out for about probably two years. I kind of went through a period where I was wearing like long sleeve shirts. I was covering myself up because I was like, I just don't want people to see me this way. And then I had to go through that so I could create that inner connection with myself. And then all of a sudden, I was like, all right, let's go. This is who I am. It doesn't matter. Um, I know who I am. I know what I, I, what, what, what I want to put out. And I know that I'm constantly learning, constantly growing and evolving. But it really takes, it takes courage to be able to go into the darkest places of your soul and push your inner light out into the world because that means that you're going to have to deal with the shame you're going to have to deal with any trauma that might be there that might show up and and as it shows up it's showing up so you could let it go and then it continues right because i feel like that's something that's part of my life now like i still do it this week i had many aha moments inner awareness moments where i was like wow i can't believe i've been doing this okay i'm moving forward and it just becomes after a while, it becomes a natural way of living where you're no longer living to be like, I just want to be happy and be self-aware. You realize it's like, wait, I kind of opened myself up to this in this life and this is going to happen until the day I'm not here. So I might as well have fun and enjoy the process and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. All right, I'm not going to do that again because it doesn't make me feel very good. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you learned something though, right? You, you, you yeah. talked about the courage to find that, right? I mean, I think that's what we all have to, all have to do. We all have to t have the courage one to look inward yeah. because that's a really hard thing for people to do is to look inside, right? Because we're always battling this outside influence, this suppressor, whatever we want to call it. I mean, I know for myself, it was, um, you know, it was this fear of not, you know, not only, you know, being black, not only being gay, but it's also like, well, you know, I don't want my parents to know that I'm kind of a freak too. <laughs> you know, I don't want my parents to know, you know, that, you know, I'm also, 
not with a lot of these traditional things that I, you know, show up as. Like, you know, I, I'm trying to be this heteronormative person. I'm not that person. <laughs> you know, once I figured that out, life got so much easier, but you have to have the courage to get there. Mm. I love that. Love that. And I, I think in a nutshell, right, it's the courage, the courage to be you, the courage to jump into something that you know about you, haven't really expressed, and you just got to do it. And once you do it, it feels good. <laughs> and You're why be like it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, I mean, the biggest thing um, was taking that step to, uh, kind of embrace a new version of what the gay community was. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, this shows up in so many different aspects, but I know for me very significantly in the last three to four years, especially um, me discovering the leather subculture within the LGBT community was really what drove it um, for me. Um, I kind of grew up, you know, in my twenties and thirties with this whole idea of what the leather community was you know it's kind of similarly i think people do the same thing i think i know what the drag community is no we don't know because you're not in there right and, and once i met some people from the leather community um, particularly people of color within the leather community that's what really drove it for me because all of a sudden not only did i see someone black did i see someone gay but i started to see a black gay man some uh, black gay women uh black gay non-binary folks kind of all being a little bit like me, right? So, I, you know, so it took the courage to kind of go into the space, but then once you start, once I was able to start seeing people that, you know, you kind of think like me a little bit and you kind of like this a little bit and, you know, you like going behind this door and doing that too, huh, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you start seeing people that are like you in more ways than you ever imagined. And I think that also helps someone to become kind of who they are because you're almost surrounding, not, I don't wanna say surrounding yourself with, but you're exposing yourself to more people that are also kind of living um, in a more authentic way themselves. And I kind of, I think, I think for me, it certainly helped me start pulling that out, you know, pulling that stuff from within myself. I see that, yeah. I have a question. Um, <clears throat> I feel like uh, Eric, Amari, me for, you know, is has it always been where if you see someone that looks like us, we feel a little bit more comfortable? Like what, like as you were saying, like you're going into like, oh, I'm not the only black person up in here. You know, it it adds maybe a little bit of comfort, not so much uncomfortableness. And because I know sometimes with a lot of of the the cultural background, when it comes to that, it's like if you don't see any black people, like, are we not allowed to be here? Um, and then, you know, Hector, have you ever been through that? Has it ever been a cultural thing for you? I know for black people, it was like, oh, you're the only black person, you know, or whatnot. But has that ever occurred for you where you've been anywhere? Has that even, has that even, I don't know, has that ever go through your mind at all? Like you go somewhere, you don't see anyone who looks like you, let's say. If there, because I feel like sometimes it's, it adds before you're becoming your authentic self discovering your authentic self is the before that you're trying to find someone who's like you that you know and and the first thing that we all do is the physicalness like is there anybody that looks like me they could have the same hair color they could be maybe talk like you maybe from the same area code you know but you know has it ever been a cultural thing for you like has there ever been like i need another hispanic out there or whatnot you know to make me feel a little i mean and, and this is Obviously, before all of us, before we became our authentic self, because I don't give, 
<laughs> I don't care. But, you know, beforehand, you know, because I know it was, uh, you know, because we're all trying to find our place in the world at that time. And it was like, okay, what's the first step? Um, finding someone who looks like me. You know, has every or anybody went through that? Becoming the authentic self, anybody? Man, in, in the before time, you know. I'd say for me. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead, Omar. Okay. I was going to say, for me, it, it was kind of that, like, as soon as I'm in a space, yeah, I'm looking for another Black person in that space because ultimately, if there's not, then... Like everybody here knows I'm the only black person in the room. Right. But then for me, I've I, I still, especially after and into my transition, um, even like, especially really early on into it, I still felt like I was the only black person in the room because <laughs> it's like, it, it's always that struggle of acceptance with my own community because then there's that whole other well, like how Erica brought up earlier, like you don't follow a certain crowd, you don't listen to a certain type of music. Uh, music. Like I've always thought of it as, as being like the right kind of black. And it's like when you don't fall into those things, it it's always easier for you to be the othered amongst the other. And for me, I've always had that like, okay, well, yeah, there's other black people in here, but hold on, and like. Are they going like are are we the same like essentially the same kind of black people or or I'm gonna be <laughs> still the odd person out like I'm so, still the person that's left out of the group because still there's kind of that lack of acceptance and that divide so that's mm-hmm. been my experience with it in the past but yeah like more so now even when I feel like that is kind of the case when I'm occupying spaces it, it doesn't really bother me just because I've caught myself in situations where. I know that I'm not the only trans person in the like in the situation or in the space. And then I'm typically sometimes not even the trans person that's being like kind of the elephant in the room or the one that people notice or pay attention to. But I inadvertently can catch myself like sometimes just outing myself like like, not unapologetically, but like unrestricted, I would say, just because it's like, I want to make sure that I I can give that support, like not feeling like you have that other in the room with you. You have that person who like, even if we're across the building, it's like, okay, you see me? I see you. Okay. (laughs) Like that's not having that. So I'll try and even if it's not, being so boastful as like if I'm hearing conversation well you shouldn't say that about this person because I'm the same way like I, I wouldn't make it such a huge to do but I like at times I catch myself like striking up conversation like not being the person who's scared to like like we all we all see everyone looking in their direction but no one's saying anything no one's acknowledging them so being the person that has that conversation and let them know hey it is comfortable you are safe you have someone to talk to and if the situation like were to escalate past that like i i it obviously like you have someone there of your community that backs you up even if it's something that's not known immediately like ultimately like you know that like you would find out that you have someone there who's on your same path backing you up but I find that in myself in those situations a lot now where I'm just like, 
it's really mostly just at the dispensary lately. That's why I'm just thinking of this because there's this one. She's super tall. She's super pretty. She's super nice. And I think, I honestly, I'm trying to like get to know her because I have a lot of space and I have a bad habit of like wanting to to just be that person that gives back because like people have done that for me. And it, it I just catch myself in conversation, just like, oh, what's your favorite strain? Or like, what things do you like, would have edible and just like conversations, things like that. Just so that way she knows that like, I'm not just like the awkward person. I'm not the sore thumb in the room because there have been times when she's left and I'm like waiting in line and I could hear the people at the door, like the security and um, one of the staff, like having a conversation about how to refer to her. And so one person was saying, why well, I, I just call them them because I don't know what they, and then one person is like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, I, I, don't, I mean, obviously you could, but yeah. And it was just like, that was just the discussion that they were having. And so on one hand, I'm like, the fact that these cis white heterosexual men are just like having this conversation and mind you she's also um caucasian as well so like she has the benefit like of that color variance when it comes to being trans like there's still like a benefit of race when it comes with that but the fact that they were having that conversation so freely right there and then just to chime in like you know, if you ask, you you could probably find out. Like, as long as you ask respectfully, you're gonna be like, "Hey, excuse me, how do you? What are your pronouns?" And like, just to see that light bulb go off, like, "What are your pronouns?" Like, that's how you ask that question. Right. So when it comes to them interacting with her in the future, like that just makes it more comfortable for her. And I, I like that. So that's one reason like now more so I'm okay with putting myself out there. But yeah, in the beginning, especially like early on the first year or two in my transition, I would really kind of just like limit when I had to go out. Um, like I, cause I was in school when I originally started and like Nacho, when we did our interview, like I told you a lot of this, it was just like, I had a whole like l- things that I couldn't do in public, things that I couldn't, could do in public. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. talk to people. I couldn't like go to the restroom. I was literally like, make sure I was good all day, like things like that. And to now just taking so much of where I've gotten with that for granted and often forgetting like the privilege that I even have in my transition that a lot of trans women don't get to have like to to see that be like in my everyday life just to have that conversation I thought was super cool so that's just my two cents on it 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 has been a cultural thing for me but I've Mm -hmm. I've seen change with that any feedback no I I love how we've all experienced the similar things in a diverse way, right? Because I feel like with Amari sharing, I've learned so much about the trans community, you know? And I'm extremely supportive, being two-spirited and being in tune with that feminine energy. Um, I mean, there was a point in my journey where I felt like, okay, am I trans? Like, what's going on? Because I was going through so much personal work, right? And and I, I became close to the trans community and it allowed me to understand a lot of the stuff that they go through 
Um, and it helped me to understand myself as a two-spirited individual. I feel like with me, culturally, definitely, it's something that, you know, I've, I've experienced as far as like, oh, he's not Mexican enough, you know, oh my God, oh my God, or he's, he's a white Mexican. I'm like, no, I'm not. I know more history about Mexico than you do, mijo, like, you know, <laughs> perfect Spanish. I speak, I speak proper Spanish. And it's funny because it's usually the people judging you that, you know, Chicanos are people that, you know, don't have a clue of what it is to be Mexican or Mexican-American. So I'm just kind of like, all right, it's coming from you. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Um, I think being gay um, as a gay man, I experienced it when I started setting boundaries. I think in my situation, setting boundaries for me has always been, had always been a challenge. I feel like I've gotten better at it over the last couple of years. Um, but being in the adult industry, being a go-go dancer, being, you know, in that scene, you know, which you people would never, I mean, I don't go to gay bars I, unless I was working, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like I had to learn to set boundaries with people and say, no, you do not have the right to touch me without permission. You do not have the right to communicate to me in, in, in the way you're communicating. It's not appreciated. And with that, I got a lot of backlash. Oh, he's a snob or he's full of himself. And like, I had to be okay with that. You know, I had to be completely okay with that. And again, you're not my people. You know what I mean? And it's totally okay because there is people that understood that understood those boundaries that actually respected me even more for the simple fact that I, 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 I took a stand for myself. Um, but it wasn't easy. It's still not easy, you know? Um, I, I, I offer a lot, you know? Um, I'm a health and wellness coach. You know, I do a lot of spiritual healing, but then I'm also a sacred sexual, a sacred sexuality coach. Um, I'm really into tantric yoga and tantric sex and how it helps heal people from sexual trauma. And yeah, that involves nudity and that involves touch and that involves being in tune with your sexual energy and bringing that sexual energy all over the place um, and learning to understand sexual energy. So when people start to get to know me, it's like, oh, I didn't know he did that. And then it changes like the health and wellness influencer that I over here because they put a judgment on something else and I have to be okay with that I have to be okay with the fact that I'm multidimensional and I have so much to offer and people are either going to embrace Hector completely or they're going to embrace certain aspects of my life or they're not going to embrace me at all and I'm not a fucking taco not everyone's going to like me it's okay <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> my thoughts exactly I yeah. you know I agree with you 100% on that it's amazing that you um shared that part I never thought of it in that kind of way as you know you can't touch me in that in that sense the way you put it so understandable because that's that's a respect you know and it's like the only ones that can touch and it goes almost in a in another dimensional way is if we can connect if you're on the same frequency as me we can touch you know in, in a sense you know but but I completely understand that and that was a good way to put it like I, I haven't heard it that was like Wow, that makes so much sense. Don't touch me, you know? So. <laughs> it, it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier because you have to have the courage to be able to tell yourself or tell someone yes. that, right? Yes, you have to have You have to have enough awareness to also set those boundaries as well. Yeah. You know, Mari, you said something earlier. Um, 
you just kind of reminded me, I guess, of a few things that, you know, I kind of had to go through, you know, as well, you know, in terms of just trying to tell myself that I am enough, you know, um, part of it is really just asking, you know, in addition to surrounding yourself with some people, but really digging deep and talking with people that are kind of like you helped me a lot too. You know, you have to be able to, you know, not be embarrassed about questions that you have or not be ashamed of a story that that you want to tell or whatever because i think what happens is when you start sharing information you find out that people have had so many of the same experiences that you've had that you had no that you didn't even realize right um you know it's you know just, just like um i know you know you're part of the trans community right like one of the things that i've kind of had to um one thing i've i've encountered as i guess is being actually in part of the leather community to be honest to be honest i've encountered a lot of trans folks quite a bit and just hearing that story from so many has really gotten me to understand wow like it really takes digging really deep to figure mm -hmm. out who you are <laughs> and flip it out for the world to see it right yeah uh, and then to have the courage to keep asking questions and under, you know, and develop this understanding. So then you can actually like uh, incorporate that into your own self, because that's the only way I think people become strong is to take the time to have the courage and, and you know, set those limits and figure out like, you know, this is me. And then, but let me find out who else is like me. Cause there's tons of people like you out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, and, and just to piggyback on that too, Amari, like, just, I, it sounds weird <laughs> when Shane told me, you know, um, she's trans, like, ah, oh. like, I just was like, yes, and then how so open you are, it's so courageous, and, like, my question would be, like, how long did it take for you to be able to open your mouth, if that makes sense, you know, because, I love hearing you talk <laughs> like last time, you know, when we did our interview and I mean, I literally was like story time for me. I was like, well, I, get, I, don't, I don't need to ask no questions. I'm good. <laughs> you know, like I just, I applaud you because me personally, I have a hard time telling a penny of my story because it can go all over the place. That's just, I'm all over the place, you know? Uh, Hector's multidimensional. I kind of there too, honey. I just can't. I don't even know how to tell you that. <laughs> I was like, hey, I have been working so hard to say that. How can he say that? And I, you know, because I'm over here and over there. I'm like, because people are like, why do you free right in the morning? I'm like, you don't understand. You just don't understand. Like, so did you shy? That ain't no one's business because if you try reading that, you'll be confused. Okay. So it's just, I know I have to, how I handle my chaos is just. I have to write something that makes no sense at all, but it makes sense, you know? And so it's just courageous, back to you. It's just courageous that I, I admire you so much, Amari. I admire each and every one of you just to be able to speak, you know, and to be able to forget about what people think. Because I think a lot of us, that stops us from speaking, majority of us out there, stops from speaking because we haven't found someone like us who's able to have that courage to speak. And so here we are at this platform being able to speak for others who wish they could say it in that way. Just like I said, I can't speak it. You, Hector, all right, you guys speak it in a way that I wish I could make it sound so simple. Because as you probably know by now, you know, the way I speak is, uh, 
you know. So. <laughs> you make it sound so simple, though. <laughs> <laughs> I try, you know, but it's because I have met and connect with people like you who has helped me to be able to articulate a language. And I don't mean English, I mean in the language, you know, to be able to connect on this playing field that we lay on and stand on and walk on and live. And so it's just such a blessing, you know, just to, I don't know, it just feels a little good right now. Honestly, this is, and I feel like I'm still kind of in the, in the process of finding just like that strength to speak because this is something that's been more within the past maybe year, year and a half, just with getting clean and sober, getting my life on track, things of that nature. Because for a while there, there like I feel like I couldn't have spoken just because there's not a lot I've could I I could have taken ownership to. Like I feel like when a part of it comes to speaking and, and being that authentic you have to be willing to take ownership because the more you put yourself out there, the more that the world, even if you choose, like, try not to, they're going to find information on you. Like, if you make yourself able to be Googled, then they're going to find information on your life, good and bad, because everybody has their own perspective from an interaction with you. Like, you only see one side of the story from pretty much every interaction in your life. So I feel like I can sit here and tell you how great I felt in the situation, how awesome I think I did. And then two people could tell you how I just completely just ruined their whole day, just having that whole experience with me. And I, I would have been none wiser. And so now it's just like, but having the ability to like, you know what, this was me for a really long period of time. And it kind of tied in with the struggle of my sense of self and seeing people struggle with that as well like who are from the age of 11 up to the age of 68 and starting this journey it's it's amazing to find like to see people who are now finding that courage so I feel like I have to make sure that if no one is willing to speak in a space then I, I have to be open to do so because I don't know whose child or whose mother or whose cousin or who's watching, who who knows that trans individual, who knows that little trans girl, that little trans boy who's struggling with this and they can see it, or who knows someone who is going with this already coming out and struggling process. And it's like, I have to let you, I have to be able to show them like, no matter what, there's something to strive for. Like, I am not the greatest version of myself today, but I am a hell of a lot better than the version I was two years ago and I'm growing every single day and it comes with that like that discovery of myself because I, I wouldn't have been able to conquer any of those mountains or struggles in my life had I not have made that conscious decision first to be able to be like I need to do it after myself otherwise I'm not going to be able to do it at all right well say hmm. again why and is like, no. <laughs> huh? no one's gonna work no one's gonna do the work for you you know I you know you can wish that your life was different you you can wish that you had the courage but wishing is pointless like the best way to be courageous is to take a leap to take a jump you know like what if you fall what if you fly you know Mm -hmm. um the the more the more you own yourself the more you show up authentically yeah the more people are not going to like you. And that's okay. But at the same time, 
the right people, which to me, that's more important. I'd rather have the right people by my side than a bunch of fake people, you know, are going to embrace who I am. And I know that I embrace who they are. And, and that's my focus, you know, and, and what happens with the people that don't support is that they're irrelevant. They're, they don't impact my life. I feel like for me Hector like like and I like how you put it like there are those people out there like well why would I do that what if I fall what if I fall what if I fall like and I'm I feel like when it comes to that like, my goal is to try and convince people just like no matter what you're flying like no matter what you're doing you're flying granted you're going to have days where you're flying higher than others but mm-hmm. there are going to be some days where you can't get around those rain clouds like you you have to fly through that storm right. but you're still flying and I feel like like I said before it, it we have such a sense of expectation of having that instant satisfaction of acceptance that when we put ourselves out there and we don't get that immediately it, it kind of just like, okay, well, I'm just hitting a brick wall. Okay, I, I thought I was soaring and I'm just crashing. And it's just like, you have to be able to tackle those bad days to actually absolutely enjoy the good ones. And you have to be willing. I love what you said. Yeah. Like you, to me, it's like you have to be willing to get that freaking hammer and break that wall down if you have to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to be messy and it's going to piss people off, but it doesn't matter because it's a wall that's in the way of your journey. And each one of us is responsible for our path. And if there is a roadblock in that path, and if I can't go around it, I'm gonna use some dynamite and I'm gonna knock that thing out of the way. And it's gonna be hard and it's gonna be scary. And I don't know what's on the other side still. Um, You just gotta do it. And it's gonna feel good after you face the fear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. I agree on all of that. That's crazy. The, the power of growth, y'all, you know, just yeah. be learning how to be comfortable in your own skin and just taking a leap on yourself can be the most challenging, but the most rewarding, you know, as, and it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's not about what people think or what they understand of you. It's, it's you, this is your life. And sometimes I know that's like the hardest thing to realize is you're living for you, not them. You're living for you because it's you who's walking ah. this path. You know, I, I I figured out that, you know, growing up as a little kid trying to please friends and it wasn't going nowhere. And that was a hard lesson I learned at a young age. And I was like, forget it, because I had a friend trying to have me be like this and then having this do the gangster look. And then the, now the skater, you know, your hair, you can do whatever you want your hair. I'm like, but I ain't spiking my hair. You know, it's <laughs> just like all this well, why don't you do it? a whole identity thing? And I was like, you know what? This ain't me. This is me. And I didn't care. I, I, I had, there was a time I just, I, I stopped caring about what people think. And I just realized I'm not gonna have any friends and that's fine with it. Fine. And that's when I, you know, had a lot of multiple personalities. <laughs> so, <laughs> I created it's, it's like, about not having friends because I think, you know, Hector, you said something earlier about this too. Like, it's not that you lose friends, you transition friends, right? right? Or you transition. Uh-huh. I like that better, yeah. Because, yeah, because the people that you used to hang out with, you slowly start spending less and less time with and you share less and less with as you then begin to start, you know, emulating yeah. who you really are and you meet people that are more like-minded and you start hanging around other people. 
That's generally yeah. what happens. So it's not like you're the only person out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll have kids. It just, you know, it'll, it'll just take time to transition. And, it, and I, like how you, I like how you said that because um, I feel like the more we do transition into our authentic self, the more our eyes are open and the more we see each other, you know, like, hey, you, you get it, don't you? And it's like, like, we see each other more and going through that same transition, you know, it's, it's, life has all these transitions, all these shades where um repeatedly becoming a phoenix rising from the ashes you know out continuously you know it burns out then we they, we take this this skin off and then we are evolving more and more and more and then we are there are those who evolve with us and then there are those who just don't but we just keep evolving there's nothing wrong with it nothing right it just is that's just the way of how this beautiful thing called life is it's, it's challenging and we continue to evolve and we meet people. Hello, hi, hi y'all. You know, <laughs> that evolve with us. Like it's it's a I'm just so I'm so starstruck, if you want to say, like I'm in awe because like the fact that we're able to talk like this and really genuinely understand each other and add more without being offended. You know, and I, it's so hard to meet people who are not sensitive because. We're so surrounded by sensitive people. That's why they project that discrimination, that you're not enough, that expectation that creates shame on us, that disappointment, because they're projecting their disappointments onto us. But where we stand, it kind of just falls off. It's like, what was that? Girl, check yourself. You know, so it's like, I, you know, I, I enjoy evolving and I enjoy communicating and sharing this with people who are also in evolving because we must continue to evolve. I have this thing, this phrase on my wall and when you walk in and it says, I can and I will. And I love walking into that every day. And then right before I go out, I have a mirror just so that you can smile at yourself like, I love you. You made it this far, keep going because I can and I will, you know? So it's just, I love having reminders and you all are reminders of, you know, I don't know if you all think this way, but hey, I'm on the right path. I really think. Yeah. And, I, and, and I, love, I love the word transition, the word transition, because I feel like we're, we're always doing that. And I, I do have, I do have dear friends that I love so much that I haven't seen in years. And that word transition fits perfectly fine because they're still a big part of my life, even though they're not in right. it. Mm -hmm. um, there's still a huge influence in my life, even though we don't talk but once a year, mm -hmm. you know, I think what I meant in regards to like losing is almost like letting go of the baggage, unnecessary baggage. Like if this person resembles baggage to my life, honey, I don't have time to carry you. You know, no. Too heavy. Now, you know, what's that? It's too heavy. <laughs> carry you. you know, I don't mind carrying you a little bit, you know. Well, like, <laughs> but let right, go. A little CPR here, let's get going. Um, but yeah, transitioning, right? And and to know that I have throughout the last 20 years, let's say. I've developed all kinds of friendships, all kinds of relationships. And to know that even though I haven't spoken to some of these friends 
that just came rushing into my mind right now. It's like, gosh, I love them so much. And I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wouldn't have been for their influence and their love and their support. And I feel it's the same way in regards to me towards them. So yeah, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly transitioning, whether we realize it or not. Um, we're either, um, what is it? Either um, we're either growing or being dragged, right? So it's like, I'd rather grow than be dragged. It's like, okay, when it feels intense, I'm like, okay, when life feels like I'm like getting smacked all over the place, <laughs> that I feel like I'm being dragged right now because I'd rather just get on that jet and fly. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like relating to everything you said right now. <laughs> That is so, yeah, that's, that's great. It's, it, it's crazy because um, even when you think about those that are, I don't want to say left behind, but we still have a genuine connection with them. Like they're still our friend, you know, but sometimes they remind you at a time and place that you, you succeeded. You already, you already accomplished that. And sometimes they want to remind you, do you remember when we like, I do, but I'm past that, girl. Like, you know, <laughs> it was can we like... move forward? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see, that was the best life, right? Yeah. And how many years is that? Okay, well, I'm over here, you know, and and it's you... funny because I've I've taught myself that, you know, with even with this podcast, you know, I've I've I created that entity Nacho, and it was something I had created in the past, and I realized that. Mm-mm, I'm not that person anymore. I mean, I'm still <laughs> some nacho, you know, I'm still nacho till the day I die, you know, but it evolved, you know, and that was a good lesson just for myself, like trying to teach myself, like I'm trying to bring something from the past that helped me fall in love with myself. I, I am, I'm already in love with myself. I love me, you know, and I'll, I'll love people, but I also have to realize I have to love me more. And that was a tough one for me because when I love, I love hard. No matter if you're my friend, lover, family, I love, I love hard and I put people before me and I had to realize I got to stop that because again, this is my life and I have to love me because where's that love at? You know, I got that love. And just like you were saying earlier, Hector, about surrounding those when, when receiving and when you're giving your energy and you're giving that time to those, make sure, and it's hard to make sure, but you know, giving it to those who also kind of just appreciate it because when they appreciate it, they also kind of give it back in a way where you feel it as this invincible force. Yeah, I mean, it's all that saying of, you know, you can't fill someone else's cup if your cup is, is, is empty as well, right? Right, yeah. right. Where are you yeah. pouring from? You know, it's like, I'm still, I got to give, but then it's like, okay, but what you giving, girl? There ain't nothing in that cup. <laughs> and I'm thirsty, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I need an IV now. <laughs> what are you giving me? <laughs> the infusion yeah no but that's that that's real though i mean I, I think that's a real thing because i think there are many of us that yeah we find joy in giving and and, and being good and doing for others but at the same time if you're not getting refueled yourself even if it's just a little bit i mean maybe your tank is small you don't need a whole lot but right you got a tank in there somewhere so. yes right <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get it you know gotta get your juice you gotta get your nutrition somehow so if you ain't drinking any water well you dry you know, <laughs> hey, hey, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, let's see, anything else that you guys want to talk about? <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta step away real quick. I'm starting to hear 
Uh oh. Uh, them two little ones just those little ones. Just that. So give me one second. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I want to share. I want to share with with all of you. Um, it's 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 a prayer or a mantra that mm -hmm. was shared with me by one of my teachers, and it was um. It's deep. Ooh, I usually I usually share it when I teach yoga, like when people are getting ready to go to Shavasana and have the candles and the light and you know you're just really in with yourself um but it's it's a it's a quote from the a guru uh by the name Amara Desai I studied uh yoga nidra that's certified with his daughter uh Kamini Desai and mm -hmm. uh the quote says that which that which I am searching for is me that which acts as an enemy is me and that which is attempting to get rid of the self-destructive me is also me. I am the obstruction and I am the way. That which I am searching for is hidden behind all the false images I hold of myself. That which remains and cannot be removed after getting rid of all that I have acquired is the real me. That quote right there. I was like, whoa. That's whoa, it's all me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am enough. Yeah. My neighbor is enough. My brother is enough. Because at the end of the day, we're responsible for ourselves. How we see ourselves, how we share ourselves, how we love ourselves. Yeah, it's not anybody else, it's us. I love, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I had I've written something years a few years ago, um, and a lot of people didn't understand it. I think God, my mom did. Um, but I wrote because it was because I I'm such a believer in reflection. Um, really, if you are starting from scratch and you haven't gone, we've already have gone through this journey. But for those who haven't, you know, I'm always talking about reflection. Just take that moment. We all we are always distracting ourselves from looking in our eyes in the mirror. You know, we're looking at our hair, we're looking, we're trimming and this and that, chaps, whatever. But you're never looking in the eyes because sometimes we're scared of what we'll see. It's who is looking back at us. And I've always encouraged people to like get close because it's going to get uncomfortable. And I always say, if, if our friend, if the enemy of my enemy is my friend, then I am my friend i think I, I forgot how i i had worded oh wow but it was like looking in the mirror you look in the mirror you see you but through the eyes you see your enemy but that who's looking through those eyes and you see your friend so you are your ultimate friend and you're your ultimate enemy but at the end of the day you're your ultimate friend oh, wow so i was like <laughs> big time <laughs> <laughs> talk to yourself right <laughs> Yeah, like it, it was like okay. I was like, I'm just gonna put that there and just put it, whoo. Because if you think too hard, you're gonna. Mm, I don't get it. Like, don't. It's not. You don't got really. I mean, you can think about it, but don't think too much. Because <laughs> you might get lost. Sometimes the simplest things get lost, and um, when you're trying to put too much on it, and I know how I could be. I'm an analytical person sometimes, and it's like stop, just let it be. Um. Who was it? Shane had put that thing about um, no control. I'm so a believer in there's no the control is when you don't have control. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. You know, like when and you let go. That was so <laughs> profound. Like, I literally was like, wait a minute. Like, oh my God, that's so true. You're right. Because you don't really know what you don't really know what's coming per se, but you just know that you're willing to handle whatever wave comes at you, right? Right. Right. Because sometimes we can get in the way of our own blessings, right? You can. That is really you're trying to control everything and everything's just falling apart. You're like, right, ah! wait, but I'm trying to control that's what I did right now. And it's like, uh, <laughs> No, the lessons I mean, tomorrow. <laughs> I mean that used that used to be. I don't want to say that used to be me entirely, but that certainly used to be a big part of who I was too. Like you try to control like your destiny. You're trying to control like you know, all these different various factors, and yeah, you get in your own way. As soon as you stop having a having a 15 year plan and you kind of limit it to a three year plan, <laughs> things get a lot easier, don't they? <laughs> right. Let's be realistic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Realistic. Let's let's be realistic, please, because. Yeah. it's it's crazy and 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 that's how the world functions though you know they gotta try to control but how many times have we seen in this world alone when you're trying to control how much chaos happens yeah. how much things fall out of order when you let things be and let things go then the natural flow will reveal itself but you can't do one without the other let yourself be just be. Well, I was gonna say that word be. I mean, you know, I mean, it means a whole lot. The, I, the whole I am just be like motto because that's cool. I mean, that's, I mean, that's like the easiest thing. I mean, you know, to to really to really embrace really is that you know, hey, I am Eric. So damn, just be Eric. I mean, how hard is that, right? I mean, right. And it just goes with any other word that you right. find it. Yeah, it's like whatever oh, you same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder when that happened. <laughs> I am just be. Yeah. <laughs> just well, just you, know, you know, you know, be transparent. I was saying, just, just be. That was that was your idea, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to wait for her to see. And then um, I didn't dive into some of the stuff that we were talking about, but we kind of did naturally. Is there any, oh, I was gonna say, is there any to any topic you had on your sheet that, um, that if, we to come? To, if we needed to create something <laughs> to, to hit, so, hit one of your points? <laughs> <laughs> well, it act, one of the things that I, I was going to ask um, was your perspectives on all, all you know, all four of us, and when she goes back too, but was actually um, the, 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 the ugh, how do you say this? The um, color of your, the shade of your color, you know, like we're, we come in so many shades, all of us, you know, Black, Mexican, Asian, everybody, we come in so many shades, and in the world today, as we know it, the lighter you are, the higher you are, the darker you are, the lower you are, and it's like, have we been through that? And, or what are your thoughts on that? You know, because just like um, Hector was saying earlier about like, I know more of the Mexican history. I mean, I may not be Mexican enough for you, but I know my history. I know I speak this better, probably better than you, you know, but people judge so much on according, of course, the, the physical features, whereas, because I've seen it, you know, the light-skinned Black people, you know, okay. I've seen dark people with colored eyes too, honey. So you ain't all that. But it's just how you categorize, you know, even 
in the world, the lighter they are. You got the Beyonce's and and you want to make people who, who are the Kellys and Ke- I, I'm in love with dark skin. Like it's just beautiful. You know, I'm like, they look so flawless. I'm sorry, lighter. You can see your flaws. Like, oh, is that a pimple? Girl, you need to get that checked. You know, but when <laughs> well, you know, like the dark, it's just to me, like I've seen, oh my God, like some beautiful, I mean dark models, you know. Oh yeah. It's just, it's just beautiful. Uh Amari, I was I was talking about the the gosh, how do you say it? the the stages of color kind of shades. Color. Color shades. Them. Yeah. Colors, thank you. Just like your thoughts on that, because it was like, you know, the lighter you are, the higher you are, the darker you are, the lower you are, you know, in this society, this the stereotype, you know, if you're a light-skinned black, light-skinned Mexican, you know, you're that, you're the all that one. You're like, oh yeah, they probably rich or they probably got the good genes. I'm like, excuse me. And as I was saying, you know, dark for me, like I was saying earlier, you know, light, I'm like, you can see all their flaws on it. I'm sorry, you can see they red here, a little pickpocket. But damn, when you see yourself a dark chocolate, honey, they put mm, flawless. Okay, like what I've seen, you know, but it's just crazy how sometimes we are categorized by the shade, you know. I mean, it's you you just can't win almost, you know, and it's like what I can't I don't speak ghetto enough, so I'm not black enough. Or if I don't speak like with an education, I am in unintelligent, you know. So it's like you're our society is so trying to be something that they're not when they should just be yeah yeah you did you absolutely hit on it because you talked about you know you, you speak a certain way so you're not intelligent enough but then again if you're too dark and speak intelligent then you still don't win right yes. you know? right where do you win <laughs> it's like can you just i'm eric I'm Will. I'm Nacho. I'm Marty. I'm Hector. That's who I am. I'm not a color. I'm not a culture. I am, at the end of the day, I am who I am. Because if I am the history and past of my culture, that's a whole lot of mess that you don't want to deal with. Nor do I, you know? But who I am today, I am the only, my name is what I have. I own that. If there's something else that is my authentic self, that is me. You can't respect that. That's okay. I ain't mad about it. You got some old things that you are struggling with. But it's just, it amazes me. It's ugly. And I like breaking it. Yeah. I like breaking that. Yeah. You know, if I could get all kinds of shades and throw shade. <laughs> Who wins? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that don't help. <laughs> and it's funny that you say that just because I feel like even for me, so they got like I, I mean, I've experienced it firsthand. But then at the same time, I could also kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm myself, I'm so guilty of it as far as like having a, a mentality, I guess, that would, that would fall under that colorism. Just like, for example, with um, the chick who does my hair, like, my girlfriend now like she's in cosmetology school I'm happy for her like I love the fact that she's loving to learn like she has something that is her own thing and she's just like going all in and I love that but at the same time like I'm dating a white girl and I feel like the chick who does my hair like I've been going to her for a while but I like the fact that my 
hairdresser has a lot more melanin. Like, the more melanin, the better. And I say it that way just because I feel like I need somebody who has known how to take care of my hair their entire life. Like, they've learned their entire life how to do it versus just learning in school. And, like, like I said, I love her with my whole heart. And I will recommend that she do anybody's hair that want any kind of cut, any kind of anything. But I, I won't let her do mine just because I have black hair. And I want somebody who knows how to not even just knows who was, who was taught the importance of taking care of black hair and what black hair means and, like, how it's important to our, our just our culture. Yeah. It's oh, you get that, yeah. Experience, yeah. I like that, and I I feel like that's even in almost in every uh, in culture too, because you need to have someone who has experience with that in particular thing. For Mexicans, for you know, it may not even be for hair; it could be for food or something. You know, like whatever it is in that culture, that's because I I feel like for Black people that we we own is hair. You know, it's like we got so many different hairstyles, and everybody trying to do that. You know, but it's like it's it's a it's it is one thing, you know, to actually have those who can understand or it has experience, like you said, to dabble in that, you know, and that and that goes for every culture. They have their own thing that they have experience with Mm -hmm. or it could be someone outside that culture, but raised or around that. And it's just like, oh, girl, let me French. I got, you know, (laughs) you know, you know, it's yeah. culturally that's that's what i've i've experienced the most like not being mexican enough i think it happens randomly when you know like i want to go to a panaderia because i want some mexican bread or i want some mexican tortillas from the mexican shop you know and i walk in there and they look at me like what are you doing here like like it's weird like i'm like (laughs) And then I start speaking Spanish to them. Right. <laughs> I, I'm very big, like in my family, like it was, we, we learned proper Spanish, you know, and that's how I speak Spanish. And I've also, I've spent a lot of time with a, divi- a diverse group of people in the Latin community. I have Cuban friends, Puerto Rican friends, Colombian friends, Brazilian friends. So as we speak Spanish and I spend more time outside of the Mexican community, because the Mexican community was basically where I was raised, but I've been away from it for I'm 40 years old, 20 years, 20, have a friend that's Mexican, I have a few friends that are Mexican. My, my, my way of speaking Spanish has changed a little bit without me even realizing it. So when I do walk into a Mexican, you know, restaurant or a Mexican bakery or something and I start speaking Spanish and they ask me where you're from I'm like oh my family's from Sonora oh you speak you speak very like different I'm like well you know and then I have to explain I'm like I hardly you know I've been all over you know what I mean I've experienced the Spanish language and all its beauty (laughs) not just from the Mexican tongue you know what I mean yeah yeah Yeah. or the Sonoran tongue you know yeah you know and it's yeah so I think, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with ignorance, right? People, we're all, we all have a certain level where we all have ignorance, right? We're ignorant about something that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but people get in these boxes and these boxes are blissful. 
You know, it's, it's ignorance is bliss. You know, I'd rather not open up my mind for something because this is all I know and this feels good and I'm going to stay in this little bubble of bliss even though there's a lot more bliss to experience mm -hmm. outside of this box. But that's a choice too. It, so it's it, like, okay. It yeah. You know, I have family members that are very light-skinned and I have family members that are dark. Um, I have, I mean, my old, the older generation, right? I Like, I remember my mom sharing a story of her grandmother, how she didn't like, didn't like her because she was dark skinned and like a few of her brothers and sisters because they were dark skinned and she would favor all her, you know, light skinned um, grandkids. You know, I kind of went through something similar when I was growing up because like all my cousins were light skinned, blonde, brown hair, blue eyes, and I was a dark kid. And, I was treated a little bit different because of the fact that, you know, I was resembled more my mother's skin color than my father's skin color. And I was always the one served last at the table, you know, even from my brother, my brother's light skin, you know what I mean? So it was, that's kind of how I experienced it. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, okay, I could see that. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of it has to do with ignorance and just what yeah. people think and yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know where that came from, you know, like, and it, it's that shade. It's the, oh, they got colored eyes, shade, uh, the shade of the color. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Hector, with Spanish, like you were saying, like, there's so many different, was it, is it dialect of it? Like, you got, because I've heard that the slang Spanish, there's the proper Spanish, you know, the Spaniard Spanish, and then you got, the, you know other types and it's like oh that's slang we don't talk like that you know <laughs> it's like oh. but then even in mexico itself like people from sonora are very cutthroat mm. i think that's where i get my cutthroat personality which, <laughs> you know what I mean? but then you go a little bit deeper and guadalajara it's like proper bougie spanish like everything's just like so and then you go to mexico city and you got that chilango energy where you have a lot of slang a lot of like like half words um you go to a different part of mexico and it, it sounds completely different so like to me instead of seeing the differences look at what brings us together like how cool is it that in one country we have so much diversity <laughs> Which then, if we think about it as Americans, mm -hmm. how cool is it to live in a country where there is so much diversity versus I'm this, I'm that. Fuck that. You're a human <laughs> being. You know, it's like you're a fucking human the being. End of the day, yes. With brown skin or with white skin. It doesn't fucking matter. You know, it's like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how society is. <laughs> yeah. This is America after all, not America. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was good. Does anybody have anything to add on that or anything else to share? Mm -hmm. I was about to say I'm about to have to hop off here soon anyway, because I can hear them through the wall just jumping. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you <hear them> jumping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we go, um, is there anything that you'd like to encourage our listeners and watchers? I want to encourage viewers, watchers, listeners to 
come on with an open mind, with an open heart, um, and to listen, right? Sometimes we, we are so busy hearing to respond in our daily conversation, especially when we're faced with something that we're not used to or an opinion or, or something that's completely different from our thought process. And we're so eager to, to respond. So to me, that's hearing. We gotta be willing to listen to other people. Listen, listen to, to the message that's being given. Listen to, to the message in between the lines. Listen to your own soul as it receives the messages that resonate with you, right? And, and, and take what works for you. Take what doesn't and save it. Story, because it might work for you later or it might work for someone you love. Because there's always an opportunity to give, an opportunity to receive. I feel like for me, <laughs> I feel like for me, I would have to say, um, as somebody still in that process of trying to to turn off that voice of being a, like not enough, get that out of my head and flip that switch. Um, just don't be afraid to continuously challenge that in all the different areas of your life that it may attack you in because. I may have my days where I can be at volleyball and I feel like I'm enough as a player, but I'm still kind of one of three black people here. So I'm still kind of like the sore thumb. So I may feel inadequate in other ways here, but then at the same time, in other lanes of my life, I may feel completely opposite of that. So just having that mindset of knowing that it can attack me in different ways and continuously pushing back against that is what I would say, just be mindful of. Oh, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I would say something similar in that sense. Um, you know, the biggest thing is just really have that courage to always look in and always be honest with yourself. You know, stop pretending not to know what really is in your head, right? Because there's a lot of things that have been floating around in our heads for the last 10, 20, 25 years that we just block. Stop doing that. Because as soon as that happens, you start to then recognize things and then it's just having the courage to face it. And I would say that's, that's the biggest thing. And then start questioning what that is and why, and why is that. Love that. And then mine, um, just remind yourself that you are enough. Don't worry about trying to be understood. Just know that you need to understand that you are enough. And that's how. <laughs> so this is authentic self listeners and watchers we are out and that completes today's authentic self episode on the not just cafe podcast thank you so much for listening and don't forget it's not about how the world sees you it's about how you embrace your own world